Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cubicalist. This show is a journey, a trip, uh, uh, another word that means those two things, into the inner workings of my mind, or not so workings as the case may be. What happens is I will consume vast quantities, vast quantities of media books your tvs your 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 video games or vidya if you prefer which i kind of do it's fun to say v-i-d-g-a vidya games and rather than let those thoughts and feelings and uh, a third thing jeez oh, really andy kindlering it up today <laughs> uh that's a joke for well, Andy Kindler, I suppose. Um, I will spew them forth on a podcast because I am working under the assumption, which you should not do, that uh, if I don't uh, uh, sort of pour them forth from my brain and just let these thoughts sit up there, well, that's not good for no one, meaning me. Or you, listening to this. Although, is it good? Question mark? Ah, that is debatable. The fact that this is episode 555. 555. And uh, I average, you know, about a dozen listeners. Uh, probably means it's not good. Let's assume. Let's double assumptions. You know what I'm doing uh, this episode, which I've never done before? Uh, if you listen to, may have been last episode, may have been the one before, where I discussed my new Mandan, which is Manden. Oh, God. Who would call it that? Uh, my, my new setup that's got sort of like a, a, a reclinable bed in my uh, office slash den slash library. Uh, I'm sort of uh, reclined. I'm uh, I'm not you know 100% lying down flat or anything, but uh, you know I'm I'm relaxed. I'm chilled, man. So will that have uh, an effect on this episode? As I've never recorded one uh, in this sort of reclined, relaxed position, will my my tones get dulcetter? Dulcetter? Who's to say? Uh, what is to say is this button being pushed. Oh, segue. Movie monologue. Today, oh shit. Today's movie monologue sponsor is, oh, it looks like uh, Mike Holmes has a podcast about the collected works of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Holmes on Holmes. Thank you. 
for that sponsorship. Movie the first, The Rundown from 2003. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen this one in a while. Uh, the Mrs. and I were looking for something to watch and uh, stumbled upon this gem from 2003. Let me read the IMDA. Uh, a tough aspiring chef, <laughs> why is that relevant, is hired to bring home a mobster's son from the Amazon. We're not talking warehouse. We're talking the jungle, but becomes involved in a fight against an oppressive town operator in the search for a legendary treasure starring, uh, Dwayne Johnson as Beck as the rock. What Dwayne? Okay. So I'm looking at the cast and it says Dwayne Johnson. He plays Beck and then in brackets, it says as the rock. What does that mean? Is he playing? Uh, that's very confusing. Sean William Scott, yeah. I want uh, Rosario Dawson. You're a bad guy in this, and this is you know one of the best selling points of any movie is if your bad guy is Christopher Goddamn Walken, it's not going to be that bad a movie. Let's let's just face the facts. This may be uh, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's. Uh, if it's not his first movie, it's definitely among the firsts. Uh, and it's good. Uh, 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 it's got that sort of buddy cop vibe. Um, although one is the, the they're both more criminal buddy criminal vibe. Yeah, let's say. Um, one thing that Mrs. and I were saying, and I think this would probably be accurate. Um, when this was made in 2003, I feel like Sean William Scott was probably the more famous of the two. Uh, just in terms of, although uh, Dwayne Johnson is first built, or is that uh, IMDb doing that? I'm not quite sure. Anyways, um, yeah, so it's a, a dumb, fun, action-y, um, got some vibes of, uh, what were those old uh, 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 Clint Eastwood one where he comes into a town and sort of saves a day? It's got that vibe as well. Um, jungle stuff. Um, monkeys, uh, <laughs> fucking insane, uh, Christopher Walken. Yeah. Uh, of the roles where he is crazy, this is one of them. Uh, I, I think you, all these things I'm saying, how, how is it not a good movie? Well, it's not great. I, I suppose in terms of, you know, is it a, a, a film? It is a movie, uh, but it is a good one. And I think I'd go a solid 4.249 on the rating scale moving on to movie the second kiss the girls from 1997 uh police hunting for a serial kidnapper are helped when a victim manages to escape for the first time starring morgan freeman and ashley judd oh yeah i haven't seen ashley judd in a while <clears throat> uh yeah so uh if this is one of those oh is it gonna say here somewhere James, right, James Patterson? Yeah, okay, so, and uh, James Patterson writ, writ, <laughs> yeah, he writ, he uh, writ a whole bunch of novels, of which this uh, uh, Alex Cross is the, uh, uh, the, the main character, and uh, uh, several of them have been turned into books, of which, uh, been turned into books, been turned into movies, of which uh, Morgan Freeman plays the, uh, the, the, the Alex Cross dude. Um, I, I have read one or two of the books and I think this may have been one of the ones I read actually. 
uh, you know what? I could check back on a previous episode. I, I probably would have uh, spoken of it here in a book banter, if I do recall. Uh, they're good. Um, decent. You know, uh, if you like that sort of thing, uh, mystery, uh, murder mystery, you know, the, the chances are you will like this. Um, uh, this was a request from the missus. This is the type of movie she very much likes. I'm always just kind of like, meh, with your thrillers, your murder mysteries. That's that, that sort of vibe. Uh, this included, rating-wise, I'll go like a, a solid 3, 3+, plus, uh, which, if you're unfamiliar with my scale, means I enjoyed while watching it, but probably wouldn't watch it again. I don't really have a desire to see it again, especially uh, now that I uh, know who the killer is. Which is a, a bit of a twist, but I won't give it away. Which I should say, in case I do give things away, why am I rhyming? Yay. Uh, that the possibility exists that I could spoil things for you if you have not consumed this media yourself. So, I should warn at the top of the show of that possibility, which I did not do. Probably because I'm just maxing and relaxing here and I'm not thinking about that sort of thing. Huh? Uh, moving on to, to from uh, 2020, what? A movie from 2020, uh, Enola Holmes. Oh, uh, when Enola Holmes, Sherlock's, Sherlock's uh, teen sister discovers her mother missing, she sets off to find her, becoming a super sleuth in her own right. As she outwits her famous brother and unravels a dangerous conspiracy around a mysterious young lord. Starring Millie Bobby Brown as the titular <laughs> uh, Enola Holmes. Yeah, uh, so probably this movie would not be one I would seek out necessarily. However... Uh, Millie Bobby Brown uh, fits into the category of a young actress who, uh, and who have I said this about before? I, I wish I had a list. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, Emma Watson, just uh, actress, young actresses who I've got the impression are uh, very, very good at their jobs to the degree where uh, I, I, I think for many years to come, we will be seeing them in films. Uh, rightfully so. Uh, she, she's very, very good in this included. Um, and uh, it actually turned out to be a, a, a not bad movie. Uh, Henry Cavill playing Sherlock Holmes. It's interesting. Helena Bottom Carter playing uh, Eudoria Holmes. I wonder if these... I don't actually know if these names are uh, 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 actually things taken from uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle works. Or if this is all just sort of made up. The, the story definitely all made up for the purposes of the movie. But are these characters things that actually existed in the in the world of Sherlock Holmes? I've read, I don't know if I've read every single Sherlock Holmes, but uh, a, a novel or story. Um, but I've definitely read most of them. And I don't, Adola does sound familiar. Uh, but uh, I don't know if that's just my mind playing tricks on me. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, you know, uh, it's got some mystery. It's got some uh, hijinks uh, uh, rating-wise. I think I go like a solid four. Yeah, I actually ended up... Uh, maybe it's because I went into it with somewhat uh, low expectations. But uh, Millie Bobby Brown, man. Uh, my prediction. 
when I am, uh, how old am I now? Turning 40 and not too, too long, 40, 50. We'll say when I'm 60, uh, I, I'm going to watch a movie with her and be blown away by her acting prowess. Prediction. Uh, last but not least, Mad Max, colon, Fury Road. Uh. <clears throat> so uh, in order for me to convince uh, the missus t- to watch uh, Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome, uh, I had to first uh, give in uh, uh, to her request to watch this movie. Now, I'm saying that like I don't love this movie, which I do. It's just I, I, I feel like I saw it not too long ago. And I don't know, there's like something in my brain. I wonder if other people have this thing where it's, let's call it a movie timer, where if you name a movie um, that I have seen, which I have seen a lot, obviously, this podcast is proof of that. um, I have a, a, a sort of countdown timer in my mind that even I don't really understand. It just sort of goes off when... Uh, I, I, I can rewatch a movie with a, have the desire to rewatch a movie. And, 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 and that timer had not gone off yet uh, for Mad Max Fury Road. Is that insane? Am I an insane person? Don't answer that because I can't hear you. Voices in my head. I suppose I could hear them. In a post-apocalyptic wasteland, you had me at in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, a woman rebels against a tyrannical ruler in search of her homeland with the aid of a group of female prisoners, a psychotic worshipper, and a drifter named Max. The titular <laughs> Max. Uh, um, so uh, some similarities with Beyond the Thunderdome in terms of this is a Mad Max movie, I suppose. Although if, if you're going to watch Mad Max movies, it's very strange in that don't watch the first one. Just don't, it, it's not very good. Uh, maybe for completionist reasons. That's probably the only reason I watched it. Um, or have watched it twice, <laughs> at least twice. Uh, it, it, it just does not compare to the, the craziness and hijinks and coolness of the, uh, the, the, the other films. Um, this one, easy five out of five. Yeah. This is a, a terrific, terrific movie. Um, uh, the, the, the action that if you ever watch, this is probably one of those movies where the, uh, making of, uh, uh behind the scenes sort of, uh, uh, footage is just incredible to watch because a lot of these stunts they actually did, uh, sort of famously, um, yeah, I, I guess it's ready for me to push this other button here. Television talk. Today's television and talk sponsor is Kim's Convenience. Wait a second. That's a interesting coincidence because we're talking about Kim's Convenience Season 4. Weird. Wait, this is probably a conflict of interest of some sort. So now when I give this season a 4.9 out of 5, you're going to be like, what? That's see, They're sponsoring you, and now you're giving them such a high rating. I call shenanigans shenanigans wasn't that the name of the restaurant in the movie office space that jennifer aniston worked at 
Am I misremembering that? Possibly. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Kim's Convenience, it's about a, a, a family, uh, a Korean family living in Toronto, uh, and they run a convenience store. And it's uh, all about <clears throat> sort of the mother and the father uh, uh, and the two children and, and their lives. And uh, uh, it's a situation comedy. Is that what you would, uh, how you would categorize this? Perhaps. I don't know. Um, it is Canadian, very much so, uh, delightfully so, and very reminiscent to me, and I think I've said this in previous talks, uh, reminiscent in certain ways to Corner Gas, which is uh, probably, uh, is it my favorite, or has this moved into the favorite spot? I think Corner Gas is probably still my favorite in terms of uh, Canadian-made and uh, localed uh, comedies, but, uh, but, but this one, you know, uh, very, very close and, and, and very good and very heartwarming, uh, funny, uh, funny, feel good, uh, really just a goddamn delight. And especially in these, these, these trying times, uh, a, a show like this really hits, uh, the, 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 the right spots in your brain. Um, one thing they did, um, and maybe it was why I didn't give this a five out of five, where I think I gave the first, um, first three seasons, fives out of fives is, <clears throat> was it felt like it was, a uh, particularly the last episode trying to add some drama, uh, lay on the drama a little more, uh, just in terms of. Uh, moving away from comedy towards uh, trying to get like uh, whatever the Canadian equivalent of uh, uh, Emmy is Juno Award. I think it's a Juno Award. Um, final episode in particular where they introduce the possibility that uh, the mom, which uh, that's just me demonstrating how bad I am with names, uh, where the mom uh uh is potentially sick with something so uh potentially scarily hope it doesn't happen ali uh she dies next season yeah season finale uh, uh kim's convenience season five the mom dies prediction i hope not uh okay let's push another button here moving and grooving Decimal system. Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is Peapod Paint Supplies. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I have, uh, and I feel like I haven't had one in a little bit, a, uh, uh, a Dungeons & Dragons recap from my Sliders campaign. Ooh. Uh, uh, for this particular session, although it, it ended up being two sessions, um, one where we did, you know, 90% of it, and then uh, the second one where it was basically just the final quote-unquote boss battle at the end, so... <clears throat> Uh, it took us to the plain of Hades. Oh, if you're unfamiliar with my uh, Dungeons and Dragons campaign that I'm currently running, it's called Sliders, and uh, the players, uh, uh, the characters are sliding. Mm -hmm. 
from every plane to every plane, sort of systematically going to every plane of existence that exists within the Forgotten Realms. And let me just say, there's a shit ton of them, so uh, plenty of content to uh, pick from. Okay, so here we go. Um, after eventually getting cleaned up from the bird goo, our adventure... Yeah, you'll have to go back and listen to the previous recap to know what that means. Our adventurers rested and had a delicious replicated breakfast. Merle, of course, had an assortment of nuts. He's a squirrel folk. Bellamin enjoys a truly amazing quantity of pancakes slathered in butter and syrup. Sakino attempts to enjoy what must be an unpleasant blended pancake drink. Mayrin had what the replicator called a Ractagino. Huh? Uh, wow, that's a, that's a nerdy, <laughs> uh, deep, uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, uh, pull in a, a Dungeons and Dragons game. Wow. I love that. Uh, after the heavy breakfast had settled a bit, uh, it was time once more to take the plunge into another plane, specifically Hades, a realm almost completely devoid of life and color, where even existing there for too long can suck from you the very will to live. Pleasant. Post-slide, our adventurers come across a Afroed individual who they either totally ignored or interact only enough to find out that his name was Robert Boss and that he was trying to bring life and color to the world, but since his muse has, had been held hostage in the nearby castle, he had slowly lost the will to do so. Venturing into the castle, into what seemed to be the stable entranceway, two Yugoloths, a demon type and an insect type, were seemingly in the process of trying to break slash tame a nightmare, which is sort of a fiery looking equine creature, not unlike a horse that is native to this plane. Seeing the intruders, the insect type, coincidentally and confusingly also named Amaro, uh, started releasing uh, the already broken nightmares in order to prevent egress. Uh, the demon type, named Steve, was having enough trouble dealing with a still wild nightmare, so eventually, with some actual help from Dalfgan the Grayish, Grayish and Nadraj's that Nadraj's personality contraption, NPC, had spit out in order to hold, to help them, our adventurers had the stable well under control. Well, some unwieldy sentences there, I feel like. Uh, Merle eventually managed to sneak into the paddock of an enormous dire bear without getting mauled. Uh, eventually, with some delicate lever testing, the way forward was revealed, with the sounds of what only can be described as the sound of gloopiness. Uh, the first burst of real color in the next room is revealed to be an illusion, sort of. Uh, every item, every wall, and most worrisome, every floor appears to be made of paint. Uh, plumbing the depths reveal that there was no depth, or at least none that could be felt. The only thing in the room that appeared to have any real solid substance were a series of black and white paint cans that were expertly used to hop across to a safe area adjacent to a door heading further inwards. 
Uh, painty footprints lead to a set of three cloudy portals. One black, one white, and one gray. Bellman, I'm splitting the party here. Bellman and Merle head through the black porter, portal. Sakino and Mayren through the, the white. And somewhat aptly, Dalfkin the grayish through the gray. Splitting the party is always an interesting choice, but this one made more so when in the black and white corridors could see and vaguely hear Dalfkin in the gray corridors, but not each other. Further interest came from the facts that when everyone was about halfway down their respective corridors, they each felt their life essence being sucked from them as a series of forms seemed to meld upwards from the very stone in their paths. Uh, in the gray, Dalfgan was confronted by two gray versions of himself that appeared to be about half his size. A very strong spell made short work of those, though, and when they were destroyed, Galfkin felt his life return to his body as he felt more whole. Um, duplicates stole half of the PC's max H. Oh, yeah. So, uh, out of character, uh, basically they were fighting uh, less powerful versions of themselves that sort of uh, melded upwards from the floors. Um, uh, if you were in the black corridor, it would deal, uh, you, you just got one version of yourself that was sort of all black, uh, and it would deal necrotic damage. It would, it, it would have all the same spells and abilities you had. Uh, in the white corridor, it was, uh, white versions, but radiant damage. And in the gray corridor, you would get two versions of yourself. Uh, they would be about half your size though, or exactly half your size. Uh, and the damage would just be normal damage. Uh, um, a very strong, a similar situation happened to Mayrin and Sakino, but Merle and Bellman did not fare so well. And at one point, Bellman, with Bellman down, it was a close call to be sure. But in the end, these duplicates found themselves unduplicated and our party could progress uh, uh, they did so into an area that would best be described as a training facility where groups of various types of yugoloths appeared to be going through various forms of training and testing fortunately the first person to spot them had glasses so thick he clearly did not even realize that these were not recruits and as his job as a drill sergeant was to test folks that was just what he did the testing was a point-based system where the participants were able to choose the difficulty of various tasks and depending on whether they passed or failed there would be awarded points equipment and even medals based on performance uh, DC 10, 15, 20, and a few had uh, worsening consequences based on failed results, like uh, the explosion from failing to defuse a bomb. Yeah, so it's just a, a series of uh, skill checks, um, and uh, I, I let them choose how hard um, they wanted to choose the, the, uh, uh, the objectives before them. Uh, eventually the testing was completed and again, Balman had a tough time, but yeah, he, he was rolling not very good this session. Our adventurers did make it through though, and a sense of compliment washed over all of them. 
they leveled up. Uh, they, they now find themselves in an atrium with the knowledge that behind the door will be where the portal home will open, but that is about all they know. Uh, and that's where the session ended. Uh, so, picking up from there. Uh, Dalkin the Grayash asks if our adventurers are ready for whatever task might be behind these large monochrome doors. And it is with very little hesitation that our adventurers barrel through them. They are met with a rare splotch of color in the form of a decidedly paint-like floor that makes up most of the room. With the exception of some small islands of white tiles amidst the difficult terrain of this thick paint floor. Merle spotted an actual squirrel in a cage uh, that appears to be bouncing back and forth, chittering away, and it looks as though it should be making a lot of noise, but none can be heard. Uh, using a series of stealthy jumps, uh, Merle manages to make his way to the cage and unlock it uh, without the two Yugoloths in the room noticing. When the cage does open, the sounds of the chipmunk can finally be heard, though all which alter uh, which alerts the salamander and fox type Yugoloths that these strange creatures uh, which are strange creatures that seem to be native to Hades. Uh, most worrisome of all uh, is their startled exclamations upon seeing the prisoner now free alerts Marcel. Marcel is a mime. Like most mimes, he is evil. He believes sound and color detract from his art. So coming to Hades has been a great boon for him. And as he concentrated his powers here, making him a being of both uh, size and sheer presence is something to make even the most stalwart adventures wary. Uh, when the fight had been engaged, two of his greatest tactics were his, were his ability to mimic, or mime, any ability that had been used against him, combined with a snap of his fingers, this was a layer action, uh, that caused the paint on the floor to reverberate in a seemingly magical octave uh, that caused all sound in the room to be silenced. Uh, this action made all spells with verbal components impossible to the great detriment of the party. Even with these obstacles in place, the party managed to eventually destroy Marcel and his minions, just in time for Robert Boss to arrive, having heard his friend and muse Peapod finally being released, which also put a pep in his step, and he seemed to have shed that dour expression and color had even started to return to him. In fact, once Peapod had clambered up on his shoulder, he seemed to be infused with a happy little happiness. Robert vowed to continue his plan to bring the color to Hades, and he started with Dalfgan the Grayus, whom he transformed into Dalfgan the Rainbow. Job well done, Merle, Sakino, Mayrin, and Balamin bid a fond farewell to Hades with a heart lighter and pockets heavier with what with the loot and all when they slide back to nadraj's dimension they are greeted by him which is not unusual but what is a little strange is that he pilled may pulled mayrin aside and gifted him a cupcake with a lit candle along with the most along with what most would call a birthday gift yeah, uh, it was uh, the, the, one of the players. It was his birthday when we were playing this session. Uh, and whenever that happens, um, 
I'd like to do something for the player's character. Uh, give him a little gift, give him a little bonus, give him a little something, something. Today's game, Gabin's sponsor, is the Psychonauts Psychiatry Clinic. Thank you for that sponsorship. We are talking the final DLC of Borderlands 3. Uh, I, I suppose it's not impossible that they release other ones, but the final official? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Anyways, uh, it, it was titled Psycho Krieg in the Fantastic Fuster Cluck. Fuster Cluck. Um, I think in my finding a, a link to the uh, details of this DLC, uh, I, I, I think I saw that it wasn't that well received, which, uh, you know, it was fine. I, I suppose it didn't blow me away. And, yeah, I guess there was some missed opportunities um, just off the top of my head. But I, I don't think it was bad by any means. I had fun. Let me just get rating-wise out of the way. Yeah, I probably would go three, which, you know, enjoyed while playing, but uh, can't see myself ever wanting to play it again. So maybe, you know, 2.9, let's say. Anyways, um, so this DLC, basically it takes place in the mind of a psycho. A psycho in the Borderlands franchise are like the guys that you always see on the cover. That's, that's, a, that's a psycho. Uh, this is one that... I actually don't know, are we to assume that inside the mind of every psycho is a, a, a sort of former version, former sane version, uh, fighting uh, with the, the, the psycho version that has sort of taken and taken them over, that, that sort of idea, dual personalities fighting within the mind. Uh, so we we literally go inside the mind of one of these uh, one of these individuals for the purposes of saving them or whatever, getting information. I don't really know, and it doesn't really matter. Um, so what you're doing what you're doing is um, sort of unlocking things in the mind and traveling to different, I guess, memories. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Um, and it is fun, and it is an interesting idea, and definite has that psychonauts uh vibe a little bit and this is where i think didn't quite it didn't quite use like if you're gonna have a level let's just call it that in a sort of old school term kind of uh if you're gonna have a video game and one of the levels takes place inside someone's mind um that should really allow you to do super crazy things which this does occasionally but it also does kind of feel just like another level of a of the, the that's very similar to the rest of the game and DLCs. So, um, and, and when I look back and think of was it Tiny Tina's the D and D one, like like that one did crazier stuff um, than this one. I feel like, uh, and I was hoping for something more along the lines of that than. Uh, than we got uh, still uh borderlands is a uh, borderlands 3 as a whole very much enjoyed it i think easy five out of five uh, and, and this was one of the dlcs and i had fun and uh it was good stuff uh, uh, i like a borderlands game lots of guns lots and lots of guns 
And that's all I got to say about that. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Inner Sloth Pillow Testing Incorporated. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, item the first, AOC and Jagmeet Singh play Among Us? What? Pretty uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say pretty crazy, but uh, in these uh, times, and I don't mean that in the sort of COVID sense, I just mean in the sense of uh, uh, people who will be voting uh, and, and have to, uh, if not take an interest in politics, at the very least know some of what's going on in the world today, uh, are of an age where video games is a part of their lives, uh, you know, myself included, obviously. Um, so when politicians... Uh, who are of a same age or younger, uh, also have this sort of video game-ness uh, in their lives, uh, and there are ways in which they can, I want to say use, mm, use as a tool to uh, to interact with the public, to, uh, uh, to get their message across. Why the hell would they not, right? Uh, so uh, the, the way I actually came across this was through Alana Pierce's YouTube channel, uh, which uh, I have spoken of uh, her and her channel very highly on this very podcast before. So uh, it, it was nice to see uh, her uh, interacting with uh, these folk uh, also it was all done for the purposes of raising money for charity and they raised, uh, uh I think over, uh, $200,000 playing a video game, uh, on Twitch, uh, pretty, pretty cool stuff. Uh, AOC, uh, uh, every time I see her, I, I, I just think if I had a daughter, God forbid, having kids, <laughs> Jesus. I don't mean just, just having a daughter, God forbid. I mean having a kid, God forbid. Jesus, how do you do that? Anyways, uh, I, I, I think definitely uh, would point to her as a uh, as a role model for sure. Uh, uh, just does uh, incredible things and seems to stand up for what she believes in and uh, uh, seemingly uh, uh, share a similar moral compass, let's say. And then uh, Jack meets in, sing, oh, pretty cool, because uh, that's who I voted for uh in the last because i am canadian uh that's who i voted for in the last election so uh it was uh, kind of cool to see that when i say voted for uh not just i i think similar to the u.s you're not necessarily voting for the president you're voting for well actually i i don't know in the u.s but in canada you're not really voting for the prime minister you're voting for um, the representative of the party in your area. And if that, it's all very confusing. Why can't you just vote for the, for the leader rather than do all this crazy stuff? Uh, you, you're, you're voting for the party, uh, representative in your area that you can vote for. And if that party in all the various areas gets enough, then they, uh, uh, their leader would become prime minister, that sort of idea. Uh, and, uh, in the last, uh, election, that's who I voted for. And, uh, Jagmeet would have been prime minister if they had of 
pulled ahead, which uh, hopefully one day they will because he uh, uh, shares... He, he's definitely, if you were to make a sort of comparison to uh, U.S. politics, definitely um, more democratic and probably even more so on terms with AOC, which uh, uh, probably why they seemingly get along, which is a, a cool thing to think about. Anyways, uh, moving on to, oh yeah, Vsauce 3 is back, baby. Back, baby. Uh, yeah, uh, pro since the very beginning of this podcast, I've spoken of Vsauce, uh, Vsauce 2 and Vsauce 3. Uh, somewhat recently, or in the last couple of years, uh, all three of those YouTube channels have um, slowed down to stop their sort of regular uh, output of videos, which is a shame because they're always freaking awesome. Um but for some reason, well, not, not even for some reason, uh, uh, Jake over at Vsauce three spoke of how, uh, uh, he received messages, how his sort of past videos, uh, it, it exposed people to various nerdy things on the internet, say that, uh, uh, have changed people's lives, uh, for the better. Uh, so he decided to come back and, uh, start filming videos again. Uh, just, to, which is great because, uh, I always loved, he's, he's done some, uh, 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 game loot. Those are funds where he gets various loot, uh, uh, video game related, uh, app all night where he talks about apps and games for your mobile device. Uh, 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 dongs. I love a dong. Long pause there. Yes, did that on purpose. Uh, do online now, guys. Uh, it, it's just... You know what it's kind of like? Uh, this internet intercourse segment that I've had on this podcast since... Uh, uh, who knows how long? Very long time. Well, 2012 I started, and I've been talking about things from the internet. Um, he sort of uh, uh, exemplifies that... Uh, cool things from the internet. In fact, uh, uh, his segments are not unlike this in which he will talk about cool things from the internet, which is exactly what this is. Uh, who was first? Who's to say? Probably him. Uh, if he started before 2012, which I think he did. Uh, so uh, to have him back, just a, it's a boon for the internet. Huh? Uh, next we have, uh, the tested gang. Oh yeah. Uh, favorite things of 2020. Uh, so this is cool. Uh, Adam Savage's tested, uh, YouTube channel. I didn't know, I actually didn't realize there were so many people working over there. Uh, I, I guess behind the scenes or I'm not quite sure how, uh, what the, what the structure is over there. Um, and what all these people do for the, I guess for the company. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I kind of would like a little, uh, behind the scenes, uh, company information just, uh, out of, for nothing more than just sheer curiosity. Anyways. So, uh, each of, uh, the employees question mark, who knows, uh, got a, you know, a five to 10 minute video in which they could discuss their quote unquote favorite things from 2020. Uh, just, you know, books, uh, maybe, uh, little devices, a 3d printer, uh, just, just a whole whack of sort of nerdy, interesting, uh, tools and, uh, just cool stuff, period. Cool stuff. Remember the magazine stuff? Wasn't that a magazine? Let me just Google that. 
stuff. I think it was like Maxim magazine. And I'm pretty sure I had a subscription to stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's uh, it was a magazine, all right. Remember magazines? Uh, what's next? Uh, how, oh, yeah, uh, and last but not least for this internet intercourse, how did this get played? Cojember. Oh, it's like a combination of the month of November with Kojima, who makes video games, because that's what they talk about on the podcast. <sighs> Anyways, yeah, uh, it was a cool themed month. Um, they spoke of uh, three in particular that I wanted to just mention. Uh, Metal Gear 2. Metal Gear... Metal Gear... Metal Gear Solid 2, which was, I think, the only one I've ever played, uh, uh, sort of back in the PS2, I guess it would have been, days. Um, these styles of games, the the sort of stealth games, never really appealed to me. Uh, ones that I can tolerate are where, if you are trying to stealth and fail... Uh, you can potentially at least uh, go sort of guns a which I, I think I've spoken of this before. I call it, uh, and this is by no means original, but I always just call it the Maywood method, the uh, attempt at stealth that inevitably fails because you're not patient enough, and then just fucking guns a and kill everyone. Uh, the, the, that's the method of video gaming I tend to go with. Uh, which was not possible in uh, Metal Gear games a lot of the times. It's If you're caught, that's it. You're dead. Um, they also spoke of Death Stranding, which, um, uh, you know what, I was sort of uh, combining this with favorite things and sort of thinking of what are my favorite things of 2020. And uh, Death Stranding probably wasn't my favorite game of 2020. It may very well be. Uh, it was... And I was thinking about it. It was one of the first games that I sort of uh, completed in a while. Like, uh, I suppose little games here and there I have. Uh, and, you know, Stardew Valley. Uh, complete. Can you complete that, really? You know, things like that. But uh, it, it, it's the first, like, sort of full game that I remember sitting down and completing from start to finish, uh, which I hadn't done in a while. I guess Borderlands 3 I now have done, too, including all the DLCs, so... Uh, and then they also spoke of PT, which I don't even like to fucking think of that game. Uh, yeah, I remember playing that, uh, and, and like having to do it in fits and spurts because like, just have to take a break from it. it definitely. If it's not the, definitely the scariest game I've ever played. If not the scariest media I have ever experienced, like more than movies, more than books, just the and one thing I loved of that episode in particular is the fact that uh, two of the three hosts were saying the same thing, like the scariest just thing, <laughs> period. So if you ever get your hands on that uh, and like scary things, I recommend it. I remember um, playing it at uh, like a family function with like uh, uh, cousins, like younger cousins. Uh, I, I I'm the oldest cousin. Um, uh, and, and, and just like the fear in the room, 
uh, as we were playing it. Uh, good stuff. It, it, I do kind of want to like revisit it, and I want to do it with the misses because she loves scary stuff, but she she doesn't like video game stuff. So, speaking of stuff, magazine. Next episode, I'm going to read every single episode of Stuff Magazine and bring it back here to talk about. Folks, we did it. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.